What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. So glad you joined us today. I hope you are ready to say yes to spirit and see what changes and improvements happen in your life. My name is Tracy. That's funny. My name is Presley. And her name is Lacey, right? My name is Tracy and... As you said, that's very good. We are oriented to time and place in our names. I'm Leslie today. Yes. I wonder what would happen if one week I said, I'm Leslie, and you said, I'm Tracy. I wonder if people would be confused. I wonder if they would recognize the shift, the shift. <laughs> yes, the shift without the F. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, every week we have a theme. We come together to talk about what it means to say yes to spirit, how our lives demonstrate how we um, show up in the world when we say yes to spirit, and we get together to remind each other that it is important, it is desirable, and it is so much better when we say yes to spirit. And every week it we have a choice. That's right. We do have choice. And every week we pick a theme. And uh, for the next few weeks, we're going to focus on some metaphysical basics, some spiritual principles that um, are the foundation for science of mind and are for and can be applied to any walk of life because they're universal spiritual principles. And we're going to start um, this week with one God. One God. So that's our theme for this particular episode. In future episodes, we'll look at oneness or union with God. We'll look at, um, at the triune nature of God. And um, so you might want to plan to join us for the next few weeks. But today our theme is One God. And before we get into that, our theme for the week, we always take a few minutes to connect the dots and to think about and talk about how today's theme relates to our most recent theme, which was the year in review. Here in review. You know, it's interesting um, thinking about the last show and the guests that called in and talked about how their spiritual program had matured or shifted or changes that happened in their spiritual program that they uh, saw the benefit of in their physical life. And I think when we uh, start New Year's, Many times our intentions or our resolutions sometimes have to do with 
being more spiritual or go to church or be a better person or have, uh, you know, a more, you know, what would, what would God do kind of attitude. And I'm always fascinated when I talk to people about their spirituality. One of the questions I will ask, especially the women that I work with in the jail, you know, who is your God? What, who, what are the characteristics of your God? And every now and again we'll, we'll take time during our class and we'll just have the women throw out concepts of who, who their God, you know, what, what are the characteristics. And it's interesting to watch people have difficulty giving God characteristics. Right. And, um, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that. But I do think it's, it's a connecting in the dots of looking at how, you know, we set these intentions and these New Year's resolutions, but sometimes we're going with an old concept of religion or an old concept of God or doing the same thing we've always done, and we don't stop and try to make it personal or stop and try to make it in the here and now moving forward and, and kind of shifting so that we don't have a <laughs> the same year in review next year that we have this year. <laughs> Is that the idea, to have a different year in review every year? I keep having well, the same yeah. year in review. Is that, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, well, um, <laughs> only if the same year in review is that my life has been the best life it's yes, ever been. Yes, it's so be much good. better. It's the best year I've ever had. The next year, yeah, it could be the same thing it, that you have. Not the good same life, but the best life you've ever had. <laughs> Maybe, yes, keeping that fresh and, uh, you know, actually allowing myself to to think about God and not to just uh, conceptualize God in somebody else's, you know, somebody else's conception, my own personal conception. That's it. That's all I got. Well, that's our connected dots for this week. So we're going to take a quick break and... Um, I hope you'll stay with us, and we'll be back in a minute talking about one God, the spiritual principle of God, one God, and um, hang with us. We'll be right back. Thanks for staying with us. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit. 
And our theme this week is God, one God, that there is one God. Um, In religious science and science of mind, we teach that there is one cosmic reality principle and presence in the universe, God. And all creation originates in this one source. God is. God is all there is. There is one cosmic reality, principle, and presence in the universe, God. All creation originates in this one source. God is, and God is all there is. And um, for for today, that's our focus. What does that mean? Uh, how do we behave when we believe that? What are things in the world that make that could make us question that? Um, and uh, you know, what are the challenges to actually behaving that way? So that's our that's our thing. <laughs> and you're sticking with it. I feel it. Yeah, and I'm not really sure where it goes because there's a part of me that um, says, yes, I know that, I believe that. There's only one God. What else is there to say about that? <laughs> that doesn't take up an hour, though, does it? Uh, no. So, But, you know, it, it's interesting because whatever we believe, any one of us, it's it's like when we really believe it, it's like, it's like you know it to the point of of why what is there to talk about? I mean, for example, if you you know close your eyes and you or you go to Europe for a month and you're traveling, and halfway through the trip, someone asks you what color is your car back in the states. You don't say, well, I think it might be brown or I think it might be red or, you know, I think it is white. You know it and you believe it because you, you know, have the physical proof of it and you've lived with your car for however long, but you don't question it. So Mm -hmm. to some degree when I, I say let's talk about the fact that there is, you know, the fact, even my language, the fact that there is one one God and only one God, um, it's like, yeah, what else is there to say? <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a pondering about different religions having uh, languaged God in different ways. And uh, you're the one that always tells me, Tracy, you know, that doesn't matter how it's languaged, that it, you know, that it, it, that it uh, reflects the same concept. And I, um, I think that that is, is absolutely true in terms of um, as, as, as long as the concept is user-friendly. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I, there's... Um, there's a large uh, population in the in the jail that I work with that um, you know is very traditionally Christian in their belief system, and there's this prevailing sense of the devil that is out there, you know, working against or waiting to lay a trap for bad things. And and I think when you were reading that text about the cosmic oneness, 
you know, there's two different concepts there. One is that there's one God and that all all gods, you know, that we identify differently through different religions are actually, you know, kind of spiraling into this one God, which I think is an easier conceptualization for people if they're, you know, open to that idea at all. Some people aren't, you know, my God or no God. But but that's an, almost an easier concept than the idea that God is all things, that nothing is outside of God. Does that make sense? The different, you know, there's two different kinds of concepts in that reading. I'm thinking about what you just said. <laughs> You're thinking about it. Well, that's good, Tracy. You think about it. Don't just speak spontaneously, but give it some thought. <laughs> well, I I can see I can follow that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it, that requires me to step out of, you know, my belief that it's true to see how it could be interpreted or believed by someone else. So because for me it's actually easier for me to relate to the idea that God is all things expressing because there is only there is only God. So that that got goes hand in hand for you then. So that yeah. justifies the others. I got you. Right. So I, I actually, I mean, I had to think about, okay, could I stand on this other, in this other place? And I probably personally wouldn't stand there, but I can definitely follow how someone's logic would get them there. The other place of having individualized gods? Of of interpreting it that way, yes. Gotcha. Yes. So it's just really very interesting that, um, you know, where I think most people, or where I have come across people who have more of a challenge or a um, lack of understanding or alignment is around the idea that if, or the question, if there is only one God, if there is only God, if there is only one God, then what do you have to say about Buddha, Allah, Krishna, that there are it appears on the surface that different faiths or different groups are honoring, celebrating, following, whatever verb you want to use, a different God. I'm Christian. I don't believe in Allah. Or I'm Christian. Um, Those those people Uh who say Buddha is their guide like that's a blasphemy because there's there's God, not Buddha. Um, or even if you look at the the Greek and Roman gods, that they're gods, right, of of what we refer to as mythology now. Mm-hmm. But the Greek and Roman gods, that they had a god for love and a god for health and a god for this and a god for that. So I I... 
you know, I've had more exposure to people who come at this idea that there's that there is only God or there is one God. Um, with that question or that concern, more so. And I, I guess the what you're tapping into is this concept that you know the 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 one God doesn't matter what, doesn't mind what we call it. You know that it 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 is manifested through whatever name or whatever religion and whatever concept, and and it's more about is that concept you know, truly all-loving and truly all. And, and I think that's the interesting thing when we, my examples always come from the jail, but we have um, a group of women that do a prayer circle each night. And somehow, in the last few weeks, they've identified this older woman on the pod as a witch. And... Um, and and I see I'm not I'm not I'm not laughing out loud, but it's an interesting concept because I was trying to understand well, well what what about her makes her you know I was trying to understand, and 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 for them it's because she thinks differently. So we were trying to figure out how to conceptualize you know what is God, and so we started writing on the board characteristics of God, and it. And it turned out that this woman that had had a pagan upbringing, this woman that, you know, was Catholic, there was another woman that was sort of non-denominational but had a higher power concept with 12 steps. And what they really, when we when we drilled it down to characteristics, they could, they had to, they had to see the facts that they all had the same idea. They all had different names. And... Um, but it was interesting to watch the resistance of accepting that, that the characteristics are the same, but my God's still better, was the idea, you know. And I get <laughs> that. My God's the real God. My God's the real God. Your and God's I get that, you know, I get God. that, you know. And, and then, uh, you know, I get that idea. But um, but I do think it's, and I think it's really valuable. Another thing that came out of that, which was really interesting, was, you know, this concept that, the women will have, well, I can't ask God for help anymore because I keep asking and he keeps giving and now he's tired. And, I'm, you know, I've used up all of my coins with God. And I and I love that idea when we did the characteristics, you know, they came up with, you know, all forgiving, you know, all. And I said, okay, so now how does those characteristics, how does that fit with this God that's now kind of done with you? Oh, well, you know, she had a good run, but I'm done with her. You know, I'm going on to the next one. So if those characteristics are true, then would God ever give up on you? So, you know, it's a really interesting um, exercise to write down what do I really believe God is. And if I, if I write down the characteristics, then how do I, how does my life differ if I, if I operate from knowing and believing and really, you know, living from the standpoint of, you know, that those characteristics, you see, we hadn't talked about this, but that is, that is the seed within me. That is the drop of water within me that makes the ocean of the big God. You know, that that is the essence of who I am. If those characteristics are within me, you know, how do I, how do I live differently? Yeah, so I, that, there are two levels there, at least. There are two levels, that level of, one, identifying what are the characteristics of 
this energy, this entity, this uh, concept of God, what do I attribute to God? Mm-hmm. And um, and that in itself is huge. Right. And then yes, if I truly believe there are three. So and if I truly believe that, then how do I live my life and how do I interpret my life and what do I choose to do? And then three, oh my. If I've been created (laughs) in the spiritual image and likeness of God, then every aspect, every one of those qualities already exists in me. In me, yes. And, whoa, (laughs) you know, how am I showing up? Right. Or how can I demonstrate those qualities more Mm -hmm. and focus on that? So, yeah, there's there's three, you know, three levels there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, you know, I I get fascinated sometimes by the fact that people do feel they have to have a name for mm-hmm. God, and you know, um, Reverend Dr. Michael Gott from Unit currently at Unity of Houston. Um, often uses in his prayers that, you know, I call it God because God is the biggest name I know. I like that, yes. I heard right, that. Uh-huh. that I, I, you know, he'll describe different, all these different characteristics that are unlimited in nature. And, you know, instead of list, instead of or wrapping all of that up into one word, mm-hmm. even though it's only three letters, it's the biggest, most expansive feeling word that is known or that is used by, by many people. Right. But I agree with you completely. You know, there was a um, um, documentary. Let's just back up to that. I agree with you completely. Can you say that again? <laughs> I agree there with you completely. There was a documentary a few years ago that um, reflected on how the you could use different words and scientists use different you know, words and different people from different religions use different words, but what you did with the women in the jail, mm-hmm. when you boil down to, well, how do you define that right. entity or that energy mm-hmm. or that um, person, even right. for people who think of God as a kind of an elevated man, mm-hmm. um, how do you define that, that the lists, you know, were basically the same. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an interesting place for us to 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 land, be, or to land for a few minutes at least. Um, in Science of Mind, Ernest Holmes wrote in the We Believe statement, we believe in God, the living spirit almighty, one indestructible, absolute, and self-existent cause. This one manifests itself in and through all creation, but is not absorbed by its creation. Mm. And it's it's always interesting to me that we believe in God, the living spirit almighty. 
so the idea that it is living, it is a formless concept, idea, or energy mm-hmm. that ex- that's indestructible, it's absolute, it's all, it exists, whether I exist individually or not, whether you exist individually or not, whether, you know, the cat or the dog or the tree or the plant, that God is all energy, mm-hmm. and at the same time, the way it manifests itself is through every form of creation. It's, um, yeah, it's it's just, for me, it's like, it's that, that's why I think I can't separate the allness from the individual expression, although we're going to probably talk about that in the future. <laughs> going to try. Future show, Yeah. You know, saying that concept of um, naming it, I when I started going to 12-step programs, they, they talked about the higher power, higher power, higher power. And for whatever reason, um, the concept, I, I grew up as a Methodist, and you know, Methodists don't have much of a devil kind of concept or, you know, you're going to go to hell kind of, kind of concept. But even the small remnants of that or a judging God the small remnants of that that I felt was really blocking this concept of this higher power that in 12-step philosophy, you know, is just, you know, is that kind of third kingdom that we talk about, the four kingdoms, where it's this, thing, you know, this, this, this higher power that you can just fall into and let go with and let take over. And um, from the outside in is, is the concept, I think, mostly in 12-step programs versus the inside out. But um, when I was beginning to really try to fall into, I couldn't use the word God because I had such an association with the the remnants of a judging or, you know, the you know, the eye of the needle, the needle of the eye. What is it? The hay of the knee stack or the camel's what? back or what is it? It's a very small, don't mess up kind of God. What is that? <laughs> Something. Well, you just mixed Fear. about four different possible bad things could happen to you if you don't yeah that kind of god so i couldn't i couldn't do that i couldn't have that and fall back into it right i couldn't totally feel safe and trust so um so i renamed god for years i called god euphoria and um and that really worked for me because i had this concept of euphoria is this you know perfect essence High joy. And about 10 people <laughs> know what euphoria is and, has ever, and have ever used it in a sentence. But that's okay. It works for you. It works for me. And I would probably have been called a witch. At, at, but, um, you know, it really, really worked for me. And for years I used that. And um, what it allowed me to do was individualize my God. And, you know... Um, I don't know what that is about, but I do think that's a significant part of the process, you know, to coming back to this one God, but somehow to drill it down to really personalize my relationship with God and really make it, um, you know, all about me, which I like to do just in general. But uh, to, to kind of create this personal God with 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 me and and to really you know like we were talking about define it and you know understand it and have it as as a daily partner as a moment to moment friend 
and uh, to build that relationship. And I had a sponsor, now and on talk all the time about, you know, God, you're having to build a relationship. How do you build relationships? So you have to spend time with the person. You have to, you know, hang out with the person. You have to go through the good and the bad with the person. You have to, you know, so so kind of putting in my time with euphoria <laughs> and letting me get to know euphoria and letting euphoria get to know me, um, yeah, it was kind of a strange sort of journey there for a while, but then it, you know, manifested or matured into, you know, back into this mystical kind of thing. Well, I'm just not going to comment Are you happy more about and allowing euphoria to get to know you. You getting to know euphoria <laughs> and euphoria getting to know you like euphoria created you and knows you better than you know yourself. But, I, had, but, I had to give euphoria permission to get to know me as a uh-huh. Okay, that's uh-huh. an interesting conversation. Uh-huh. An interesting angle. So, um, of course, if we go to the Internet and go to Wikipedia, um, does it have a definition for euphoria? Uh, euphoria, <laughs> you know, interestingly enough, Euphoria is not in the list. Not a synonym for God. It's not in the list. No. Uh, There are many names for God, and different names are attached to different cultural ideas Mm. about who God is and what attributes God possesses. So some of the uh, names listed include a ten or a ten from Ancient Egypt, the I am that I am, Yahweh, Jehovah, Allah, Elohim, Adonai, Brahman, Baha'i, or that's what it's Bahua. This, this needs to be corrected. Uh, in the Baha'i, <laughs> Ahura Mazda. Um, so it's it is interesting that and the definition the Merriam-Webster dictionary definition of God is the perfect and all-powerful spirit or being that is worshipped, especially by Christians, Jews, and Muslims, as the one who created and rules the universe. Ooh, sounds pretty. Created and rules. Eye of the needle, needle of the haystack, that kind of God is what it sounds like. Free dictionary. A being conceived as the perfect, omnipotent, omniscient originator and ruler of the universe, the principal object of faith and worship in monotheistic religions. That's really interesting because both of those definitions have rules. Rule, rule, the See, ruler I, of the universe. I mean, like the, the ruler. And in our culture, we have this idea of a ruler being uh, like Good, bad, right, wrong. Well, mostly bad, Washington. right? Trying, see, mostly bad. Yeah. Someone who is a ruler yes. is trying to control you right. and has rules that right. you must follow. Right. And I think of God as um, as having created the world in a way that there are two things. There are rules. Yeah. Our spiritual principles are rules. It's the law. It's the way that the universe works regardless 
of who we are, what we do. Um, but I don't necessarily see them as being punitive, judgmental, or bad. And so, um, and a part of us at, in our human form, in our human nature, then we create rules for our society, our culture, our neighborhood, our homeowners association. You know, we believe there must be rules. There must be some boundaries. So it's interesting to think of God as having no boundaries when everything else in our experience definitely has boundaries. We think boundaries are good. Right, and and they make us safe in the idea. I mean, I don't think that's true, but I think that's what we tell ourselves. You know, if I just oh, yeah. allowed myself to just be totally free and happy and joyous, that sounds a little scary. Well, you know, I have to know. Have, and we do. We have more than 7 billion people operating on this planet. And if there were no rules or guidelines, if you look in the city you live in, if there are 3 million people in the city you live in, and there are no rules about... No red lights. Right. Physically, literally, for traffic and driving. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there are no guidelines for what is a what is a priority in our culture, um, and everybody individually made up their own rules. Or at least, you know, that's what we have been socialized to believe. Right. That you need that, and it is to keep you safe, like the traffic signals. Or it, 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 it's design, they are designed to create guardrails so that the, mo, the majority of people can live together the majority of the time. And some people might even say, you know, if we go back and from the Bible or, and, or the Torah, but the Bible especially, and you have the Ten Commandments, you know, the, the quote-unquote the laws of God about how to behave, um, it's like, you know, people would say, well, God gave rules to the, to humanity about <laughs> how to act, if you believe the Bible literally. And it's an interesting thought, because I've often thought if we didn't have societal rules, you know, if man didn't create these kind of societal rules, if, if we were all left to our inner guide to live, it seems to me that we would be much more in a harmonious state. It's somehow through the creation of the laws, other than the red light, I think that's a pretty good rule. If you have to have cars, you need red lights. But, um, you know, the the, the idea of, um, you know, even the whole monetary concept, you know, that we have to exchange money for things. If we, if we could somehow... Hmm, just kind of wipe out all of that and start again and have a more, you know, authentic exchange of things and it be more on, you know, need. And it just seems to me that there would be a much more natural way for all of this to be working. Well, I think, it, I think all of that evolved from that very natural way. If, I, if you think about tribal cultures and, you know, before all of the quote-unquote civilization of right. life, the exchange of goods or items, you know, in, here in, at my home, we have this field and we grow corn, and 
there are these folks who grow, who raise cattle, you know, five miles away, and we come together every so often, you know, like during the harvest season, and I, they need corn, and I need cattle, I need, you know, the meat, and so I give you so much corn, so you will have corn for your family for the next six months, and in exchange you're giving me, you know, a cow to slaughter to uh, have food, have meat for my family for the next six months. I mean, I think that that concept of, of exchange, doing what I do well, having what I have, and making sure that you or other members of my family have what they need, I think that exchange system was the foundation. Um, then it just got all messed up. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But, but there's a natural kind of inner guide, I think, that uh, that gets lost sometimes in the rules or lost in the... In the, the execution. In the execution or the um, the way that it's lived or outpictured. You know, it's not... Um, it loses some of the authenticity of it. Yeah, and I can't blame God for that. Oh, I'm not blaming God, but I'm just suggesting yeah, the human experience, yeah. The human experience took over in in some ways. This Maybe there's some merit to the, the tale of Adam and Eve and the knowledge oh, of wisdom of life. Like that, yes moving us away from the purity, the simplicity and the purity of God's principle, God's law, God's direction. Because if we believe that God's principle, God's law, and God's direction is good and is love, is beauty, is joy, is peace, you know, all of those attributes and qualities and that there is no opposite to that within God, then, yeah, where does that other stuff come from? Is there not some metaphysical idea, or is this just, you know, me being incredibly wise, that the story of Adam and Eve is about that journey of, um, you know, having come into the world in a pure spiritual space and then, you know, eating the apple all of us eat and becoming these human things, did you hear that disdain? Disdain, I said that with you. Yes, you did. You had judgment. Human things that break things and bad things happen to us. And then we uh, have kind of a full circle coming back to this sense of living in Eden amidst our human things. You know, that that's the concept of this experience to be able to... Uh, well, that's the journey for the rest of the Bible, you mean? Is that is that saying it? it might be good for me to... But, but that's the journey. Individually yes, that tasting of, of the wisdom of life, the, the, the wisdom of knowing, and then needing, and then believing that we need to know and more and how it really works when we knew how it worked to begin with. To begin with, right. And so it is our experience of life that takes us through... Brings us back. All of those, all of the experiences, not as punishment, but as our school. Yeah, and so often yes. we refer to Earth School, right? Yes. yes. That it's our 
school are opportunities to learn or relearn what we already remember. Knew. Right, right. And the remembering is the key to being happy, joyous, and free. Not, you know, not living in this illusion that, uh, you know, eating the apple gave me this illusion versus, right, eating the apple didn't really do anything but open us up to our human nature of exploring, learning, processing, um, and that is a part of the human nature, that we have been given free will. Free will. And so we, in order to experience free will, we have to have situations, options, and choices, right? So we make a choice. We make a choice, and that is what drives our experience. Choice to say yes to spirit. Choice. We have choice. We always we have are choice. at choice. And we always can say yes to spirit or later to spirit. <laughs> I'm not ready yet. I'm not sure yet. I'm getting there, but not yet. Yes. And you know, the the concept of, of one God and the concept of um you know, individualizing my God and my journey. And I, I, I wonder um, what that was about, that I had such a need to kind of personalize it to then make it big again. It's like it was this big thing, and then I had to bring it down to me, and then I had to let it go back out. <clears throat> and I don't know what that necessarily that journey was about, but um, it's made my concept or my connection, you know, my spiritual essence is is just so much a part of my thinking. Even in my dark moments, I'm aware that I'm not aware, you know, and I can be particularly difficult on myself in terms of, you know, how can I be experiencing all of this? How can I be thinking this? How can I be feeling this if I'm really, this 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 other is true that I believe? And so, you know, it is sort of a double-edged sword in a way to have this amazing concept of God because then I'm forced, that's a good word, isn't it? Forced or <clears throat> to uh you know to to understand that when I'm living outside of my own belief system that is just that's hell on earth that's hell that definitely is hell and you can choose it <laughs> what is behind door number 1 and what is behind door number 2 you can choose heaven on earth or you can choose hell in the now what is yours and that's, you know, not to downplay that we do face challenges in our lives as are part of our human experience, um, but we always have a choice about how we frame it, how we perceive it, and how we respond to it. Right, right. And sometimes we choose to respond to it by being angry, depressed, and <laughs> 
Yes, yes. And how long do we maintain and grow that choice? I mean, And I wonder if if different religions, different concepts of God have the same kind of opportunities. I would imagine that they do. I don't know enough about all the different religions, but I would imagine that they would have the same kind of concept of letting go and letting God or, you know, having this, in its purest form, this sense of this almighty presence that is, you know, sort of on my side. Yeah, the that is on daddy, my side. That the daddy God in. that Tracy doesn't like me to say, the daddy God that yeah. cares about me. Well, it depends on if you, have, if you grew <laughs> up with a daddy in your life that you felt cared about me, love, yes. that you felt right. was loving and um, protective and all of that. I mean, you know, right. a lot of people don't have that uh, image of daddy, but... Um, Mm, I think you made, and I think I forgot what I was going to say, and it was really good. <laughs> was it really good? Something about what different re- different that? religions having this concept of an almighty oh, presence. Oh, yes, and giving way to that almighty presence, or um, you went at it from a parental standpoint. Um, but I, what, when you were saying that, what went through my mind was not only do different faith practices have beliefs about that, about this all-knowing God or giving, let go and let God, is when you said that, let go and let God, let God be the guide in your life, let God show you the way, let God be the footsteps in the sand, mm-hmm. you know, that that will carry you through whatever you're going through. I think um, that not only do... All, most, if not all, faith practices have that in some way, that there are a lot of spiritual practices around that too. So the let go and let God that you hear in metaphysics or you hear in 12-step or you hear, you know, in New Thought, you also hear, you see it in the form of baptism in Christian mm. practices Christian belief systems that have either physical baptism, like in the water baptism, Mm -hmm. because it's you release, the pastor is holding you you Mm -hmm. and dunking you backwards into the Mm -hmm. water. You are relinquishing control to be committed to being guided by by God, by spirit by God. And so when you go down in the water, you're out of, you don't have any control, right. right? And when you come up, you are renewed in God being the light mm-hmm. that you follow. Um, in the Catholic Church where baptism is, is not underwater baptism or, you know, that blessing and the water, the, the drop of anointed water or other practices where it's anointment with a drop of oil on the forehead. It's that releasing human power and control and stepping into being guided by God. And um, in, in yoga or in some Eastern practices with the third eye, that whole thing mm-hmm. is that your guidance 
in the light of spirit is is allowing you to see more and see the correct path. So that the what we refer to as let go and let God is is definitely this concept of releasing into the one God, mm-hmm. releasing into the all powerful, all knowing, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent wisdom. And you know, even as strong as I have a belief in that God, that one God, that loving, omnipotent presence. Um, as a trauma survivor, I was sexually abused as a child. Um, you know, that need to control, that need to believe that I have control, the illusion that I have control, um, you know, plays out in such subtle ways and plays out in such um, nasty ways. You know, and it's kind of like, um, what is it, some weed that like the roots like go like when you pick the root, you know, when you pick the weed, you think you got the weed, but then the root is so deep or something. <clears throat> and then so that somehow that that trauma card in the human experience, um, I have such a deep needed, needed, um, deep needed. That's not really deep seated need to sense that I have control. Um, the concept of of really authentically, not just superficially or mentally but really emotionally and um, experientially letting go is terrifying. Even to this fabulous, omnipotent one God that has all my best interest at heart. Um, You know, I can't really fall backwards, you know. I can't really trust. That just has never worked out real well for me. (laughs) Are you laughing with me, Tracy? Are you laughing at me, there, Tracy? Is it? I am. It's a, it's a, it's a common theme there for anyone that's had trauma. That yeah, the uh, idea well, of control, it's a, relinquishing. It's the, a common theme in that situation, and and it's a common theme in a lot of our human scenarios. So, right. you know, and maybe that's part of the game. Is that the essence of the game? That the you know who are you gonna say yes to? Yeah. Are you gonna say yes to humanity? Are mm-hmm. you gonna say yes to illusion? Are you gonna say yes to spirit? Are you gonna say yes to a bigger knowing, a deeper wisdom, a greater love? Are you gonna say yes to that and see what happens? And, and and that's why we get together <laughs> and remind each other that, what would happen to me if I didn't have this. That we have a commitment mm-hmm. to say yes to spirit's way, to spirit's guidance, to spirit spirit's idea of life. Because if we don't remind ourselves of that, it is way too easy to just get sucked in right. to, you know, to the cultural norms, to get sucked into the way we see other people behaving, to react instead of respond. It's kind of like a constant reminder, a remembering, you know, and I think that's the reason people, we go to church or we have Bible studies or we do do things during the week, we have the spiritual practices, all of those kinds of things that we do, because it's, um, 
you know, it's a it's a consist it's a constant need to be remembering, to be reminded, <clears throat> and to and to be you know reminded that the water is fine, you know, it's safe. You Come can on dive in. in. The water you can is dive fine. in. And other people being at different levels of you know immersion, you know, giving us the encouragement that you know it's it's okay. Um, and then you know we are encouragement to others along the way, so it's kind of a it's a fluid thing if we step back from it and get out of the individualized pain of it all, <laughs> the individualized hell of it all. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just go back to the we believe statement. We believe in God, the living. Spirit Almighty, one indestructible, absolute, and self-existent cause. This one manifests itself in and through all creation, but is not absorbed by its creation. So this phrase, it's a self-existent cause. I remember the first time I read that, and I was, I really had to think about it because I was like, okay, if God is one self-existent cause and it exists in itself and it needs nothing else, but it's expressing as each one of us, why would it, why would it, why would God express as the murderer, as the drug addict, as cancer as lizards on my window. <laughs> why would if God is existed gecko, yes. Why would it express in those ways that the human Tracy wants to have judgment about? And what did you come up with as the answer to that, Tracy? Why would God exist as express as that? Well, because the only way God can experience life is through the the form and shape of different living creatures, which is what we'll talk about next week when we talk about, you know, being one with God and being united with God. But it, it's, it's interesting, right, because God is formless, shapeless, not limited by time or space, yet... From a human perspective, we need form, shape. We need a name for this concept of God that really any name limits it. Right. And it is self-existent. It doesn't need any one of us to be what it is. God doesn't need any one of us to be God. But to express and to play in the world, God needs every one of us. And isn't that, is that a metaphysical, am I going to say a metaphysical truth here? You tell me if I'm not. Tell me if I'm giving credence to metaphysicism. That, is that a word, metaphysicism? If I'm, if I'm giving it a, wrong, a, a bad rap. But the nut of uh, the creation or the nut of the idea of how we all got to be here is, you know, there was God was just God and just kind of pulsing and got kind of bored and said, you know, there's nothing here but God. So in order to have some fun or play a game or do something different, I'm going to split off into all these little things that can have these experiences (laughs) and 
be really screwed up. And that, what would that would like be fun. Be screwed up? What would it be like? I can't be screwed up, so I'm going to have to, you know, split off into these little things that can be screwed up because I'm just pulsing white light and love. And, you know, there's just only so much of that I can take. I'm going to, I need, I need something different. That is a fascinating is that, interpretation. Is that kind of a concept of the metaphysical uh, uh, creation? No, but it's a fascinating <laughs> interpretation. I thought it was. It's a meta. It 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 is close to a metaphysical <laughs> close, right. interpretation of the um, the Bible story of creation, ah. not necessarily. You so know. what's the metaphysical idea well, about creation? No, a lot of what you said was <laughs> metaphysical without the uh, judgment part. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's just truth, right? I mean, you know, there's no judgment. If you're pulsing only love and light and you want to do something different, you have to Well, the idea that, I'm, that chaos. there are creatures, but see, it's not chaos in God. That's what I'm saying. That's the part, that, the judgment part. You don't think it's chaos? Or think God thinks that's chaos? God says I can do any and everything, and and I'm not limited. And so whatever you can think of to do, whatever you can try, whatever comes to mind, you have free will as a human being. But that's what makes it that's and what so makes it, it different than pulsing just light and love. Is and it's, and that's what makes it a game, or you know, that's what that's what put it at play, right? Okay, I'll agree with you. <laughs> I mean, in theory, it's, it's not easier. judging. It's not judging. It's just that is that would be the fact. That's what puts it at play. The whole thing, you know, initiated through. And not because I'm bored, but because I'm creative. Because I have unlimited oh, creativity. Bored. I think it was just. I mean, because you can only do so much of that. And then it's like, okay. Well, no, you can do all of that. All of that. But that never a, stops. There's no challenge in that if you don't have anything off. God doesn't of it. need a challenge. God <laughs> is all things. There's nothing that is a challenge to uh, God. No, but I think God just got bored. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> bored is a human I don't think, I don't think we'd be here. <laughs> there's some cosmic concept of boredom. Bored is a human characteristic. But if, there's if, no boredom in but, God. So what did he just? Split off into all of us. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. I like my idea. I'm sticking with it. You can. Bored. You can. Something different. Bored is just like (laughs) all day. There is no boredom. Love and light. Love and light. (laughs) Oy vey. Let's do something different. (laughs) Break a bone. Okay, so. Spice it up. Um. I'm glad that this is all the time we have to talk about this subject today. The living spirit almighty, one, indestructible, absolute, and self-existing cause. This one manifests itself in and through all creation, but is not absorbed by its creation. And next time we'll be back talking about the individualization of spirit in each one of us and that all people, and in fact all creatures, are individualizations of the one and completely connected to it. Even the geckos. Yeah, but we're going to focus on people (laughs) so I don't get completely freaked out with geckos or turtles or any of the other irrational phobias I have. (laughs) So that's it for today's Say Yes to Spirit. And until we come together again, I invite you to join us in... Saying yes yes to the spirit.